you're gonna have to show both the shadows and the highlights. I've got James Patrick on the show for episode 42 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and my first digital camera was a whopping three megapixels and cost $1,400. Times have changed. Today on the show, we've got James Patrick. He is a phenomenal photographer, an award-winning photographer, a best-selling author, an entrepreneur coach, a podcast host of Behind the Image with James Patrick, and a public speaker. He's the founder of Fitposium, an annual conference guiding fitness entrepreneurs to grow their careers, and he sees storytelling like few other people I know. He sees it in everything, in all of these different roles, and we have the privilege today of hearing his perspective perspective on how to tell a better story with wherever you are in life. He he shares today what it takes to create a great photograph or for you posting on Instagram, how to align your image with your caption. He helps us stake claim in an area that you want to be known for in your life. And most of all, through this conversation, you're going to get a real good glimpse at what it means to share the flaws as well as the victories in life. You're, you're going to love this episode if you want some quick hits, some value bombs, and you need the motivation to get started this year. I'm telling you, James is for you. If there's something that jumps out to this episode, then please share it on your social media, rate it, review it. I'm so grateful that you're here to engage with these not boring stories. And I'm so thankful to bring James Patrick to you today. Enjoy this conversation. James Patrick, you are here and we get to listen to you for the next little while. And I'm so happy about that. How are you? I am doing great, Alex, but I got to, you know what? I feel like I have to bring my energy up to Alex Street level. I feel like I'm at, I'm at a James Patrick, you know, <laughs> daily level, which is, you know, maybe a seven out of 10. This is my, my normal rhythm, but Alex, you're always at an 11. So Gosh. I, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to crank some volume up on this, there on we this go. show for you. Okay. 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 I mean, you've got this pink like light in the background here. And, and I think that that already is, is creating these like nightclub vibes. That, it's all about uh, contrast. I, yeah. I'm, I'm dressed in black. So I needed, I needed something to contrast in the background so that, so that I stand out in oh. this video. You see, this is what's so brilliant about you because you know that we're going to dive into story. You know that we're going to talk about photography and I know that for you, then contrast is such a big part of this. It's such a big part of how you do what you do. Am I right? You know, it's, I think here's the thing that I find interesting about photography is that a lot will focus on <clears throat> one element of photography. And I'll use the example of a highlight. And so many artists or photographers will, will focus on what is the highlight of the image. Mm -hmm. Now, that's all well and great, but what they're forgetting is the shadow. Mm -hmm. They're forgetting that in order for that highlight to stand out, it must contrast against something. There must be an opposing uh, shadow for it to actually be a highlight. And so you need both parts. It's where are you throwing light and where are you taking light away from or where are you preventing light from hitting? And that's how you can start to construct some of the images uh, that that I've put out over, you know, I don't know, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But it's not just focusing on the one element. It's that balance between what is the highlight, but also what is that shadow? What And how do you create that great contrast? <sighs> Man, this is going to be good. I know it already. So we are... Uh what you already know about me and, and my audience knows as well. My, my dad was a photographer for 40 years and, mm -hmm. and he, um, I mean, he specialized in, uh, dance photography specifically. He also loved to photograph horses. And, and what I realized he loved to photograph things in movement and to capture an image of something in movement so that the image when you see that image, you see movement, even though it is a still. Mm -hmm. 
and specifically whether it's in, in the motion, but but he loved as you talk about this contrast piece. He loved black and white uh, more than anything. He's like color. Come on, like let's work with the light. Let's work with what we've got here. Let let me show you how much I actually see here when color isn't playing a role in this. Um, we could talk about. I want to talk about motion, but I also want to talk about how do you, is that kind of your feeling as well? You're like, give me the black and white so that I can really play off that contrast of highlight and shadow. Depends on what I'm trying to say in an yeah. image. Really, it's because sometimes color is an element that can lend itself to tell a story, and then sometimes color is just too distracting. It, mm. it like there are times where, and I shoot everything in color unless I'm shooting film, and then I have to make a judgment call prior to loading the film into the camera. But when I'm shooting digital, everything is just natively shot in color, and then in post, I I am trying to decide which direction I want to take this. Now, that being said, when I'm shooting, I actually start to see some things in color versus some things in black and white. And mm. I'll see something and I already know this is going to be a black and white post. I could, like I was doing this shoot. It was this uh, talk about, you know, what you show versus what you don't show. It was a ATF agent, a retired ATF agent who went undercover with the Hells Angels for years. And uh, his work undercover helped bring down a lot of charges on different members of the hell's angels uh so being undercover i wanted to tell this story of anonymity mm -hmm. and so the photos were very dark and lots of the photos i didn't even show his face at all like i did this one photos just of his hands he had these you know he was a biker obviously being undercover in the hell's angels and had these these really rough and and and, and weathered hands and fingers yeah. that were studded out with all these different metallic rings and it was just this close-up of his hands clasped together did not show his face but once again to add to the anonymity um and it, as I'm shooting it, I'm like, there's no question. This this is a this is a monochromatic image. This is black and white. I do not want color distracting from from the mood I'm trying to evoke. And I did another one of, you know, just the silhouette of his face. So just putting a light behind him, and his face was completely silhouetted. So just the outline of his face. Once again, yeah. I was kind of thinking like, you know, when you see those you know those old CBS late night specials where they're interviewing someone who yeah, you know wants to keep their uh you know so it was kind of like that but his you know his facial features including his facial hair were and his voice sounds like this and he's talking yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah they distort the voice but his face was so distinct and his he had this long goatee so you knew who it was and he had revealed his identity anyway so it's not that it was a secret but that image right there I was like this image is going to be in black and white now converse that with yeah, I was doing a shoot and it was this high concept fashion shoot and the outfit was this hyper hyper pink not unsimilar from the background behind me uh -huh. and we had this bright blue sky that we're working with so now I'm working with this this hyper pink with this pure bright blue sky color is integral in order to tell this story of this outfit mm. and using this this really blue rich blue sky with this hot pink outfit and using those two in 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 concert with each other that told the different story so that was a long way to say that eh, depends <laughs> <laughs> edit uh, <laughs> it's it's so i mean there's so much to this right like just the people that you've seen the people that you 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 dive into and how you see uh, yeah how do you capture again how do you take this image and i i talked about my my dad taking photographs of of people physically in motion but what you're trying to capture there is someone's life story the motion of of this man's story in an image and i think i'd love to get your insight on this and this will be really helpful i think for our audience uh because you you play so many roles you've got so many hats that you put on any given day from award-winning photographer to a coach a, a business coach a marketer a speaker a podcast host yourself so many different ways that you go about this and i'd love to hear from the photographer's eye looking at a at this in a marketing lens for marketing today and let's think instagram people putting up images of themselves and putting posts to it i'm just thinking about telling a story with mm -hmm. an image how do we tell how can someone put up an image that of themselves that tells the story that they want to tell for their business what's a, what what's a good way to what's a something we should stay away from and something that we should lean into when we're trying to to tell a story with, with our images on a platform like that. So 
I had this saying, not had past tense, have present tense, but I developed it about 10 years ago when I was really working to differentiate my work as a, as a photographer, which yeah. is I don't take pictures. And that was the first part of it. And which catches people off guard because like, what do you mean? You're a photographer, mm-hmm. you don't take pictures. I said, no, anyone can take a picture. In fact, it's actually much easier now to take a great looking picture. Okay. So I do not take pictures. Instead, I make images that work. Hmm. And there's a difference. Taking a picture leaves it to chance. Taking a picture is, well, I'm going to set a bunch of stuff up and I'm going to, you know, rip the camera and hopefully we get some shots. That's taking 20 photos with your friends, uh, with the Instagram filter turned on, hoping one of them turns out where Mm -hmm. everyone has their Mm -hmm. eyes open. That's taking a picture. Mm -hmm. Making an image is understanding what you need to achieve before the camera ever comes out. Okay. Hmm. So it's like, you know, shooting magazine covers or magazine spreads. I know what I want to create and communicate before I ever am creating that image. And once I do that, then I can start to test and play and, you know, experiment and have fun. But I want to make something that works and making something that works, it imputes that I have to understand what it's being used for and, and how, what this is doing is actually going to work. So if it's getting more people to pick up a magazine cover, great. I know how to make magazine cover images that get picked up. If it's creating an image that sells a product, well, now I have to understand what the product is, what the story of the product is. Like I was just doing this, the shoot for this wine company and was trying to understand, all right, What's the flavor notes of the wine? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, the, the marketing. What's your branding like? Tell me about the, the color palettes that, that really stand out to you in order to create this product image for what they were trying to do. I had another one of, it was like a hair mask company. You know, it's like a product that you put on your hair and it hydrates your hair. So it's like, okay, what story do I want to tell? Well, I want water to be exploding around this hair mask, um, you know, in order to show like how, insanely hydrating this hair mask is. Hmm. So it's like, okay, so I just build this construct to tell this story. Right. right, So what does this mean for an individual who wants to take photos to, to pop on their Instagram? Well, what are you trying to communicate to your audience? Because oftentimes I see a lot of disconnect between someone just take a random image of themselves, throw it up. And maybe they're, maybe it's a happy image or a casual image, or, you know, it's just a carefree image. And then the post is something really deep and really vulnerable and really open and, and, and transparent. These are not in alignment with each other. There's, there's a disconnect here. So what is the message you're trying to say? Start there. And the way I look, especially on online is you have your job online. It's not really about you, as, e- even though you might use yourself as, mm-hmm. the, as the, the context or you might use yourself as the example. Ultimately, it's about what does this mean to your audience? And your audience wants one of three things. I'll, I'll say three and a half. The first is they could be entertained. Okay. So, and if that's, not, hey, if that's not your bandwidth, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I don't consider myself the most entertaining person right. on social media. But the other two are important. One would be inspiration. Okay, so are you using your platform to inspire your audience? And the third would be um, information. You're using yeah. your platform to educate your audience. And the, the 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 kind of the half one or the you know the three point five would be connection. So are you using your platform as a way to connect individuals together? All right. So those would be your three to three and a half options. So in this post, what is the mission? Are you informing? Are you entertaining? Or are you inspiring? Mm-hmm. And then allow the creative to come from there and try to marry together both the message you're trying to put out through through your text with the creative, the the image, whether it's an image, a graphic, a, you know, a, yeah. a you know logo, whatever it is. But there should be some some communication between those two. So they're not divorced from each other. It's interesting. I mean, it's such valuable stuff. And and I just, again, before we really just keep the train moving, like go back, write those things down, get those, see that, see the connection here. What you said, I think the key word there was aligned. If like the caption and the image are not aligned, we, we do sniff that out. We, and we, we recognize that more than maybe those who are posting will think they do. They're like, oh, I got to capture your attention. And so I'll do that with my big smiley face. And then I'll get really real with my with my comment. You're like, ah, oh, this I don't know. It's something about the story doesn't doesn't align here. And I think that's so critical. And it's also really tricky because we feel like what we have to do again is that attention piece that we're just fighting for attention. 
And what you yeah. said was so amazing about the magazine rack. Because you're like, I get it. If I want to sell a magazine, I know what kind of an image to put on the cover. And so that's get attention, get them to get this so that they open it up and find it. With the the marketing, with the the, the hair, you know, product, you're like, yeah, I want to capture attention. But also, I'm really trying to sell a transformation here. I'm trying to show this, show how quickly this will transform your hair. And that's what's going on there. So I just think that it's 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 probably easier than we think it is. And and maybe the problem is that we're just not we're not giving it a moment's thought to to match the image with with the story that we're telling him. Would that be fair? Is that kind of along your lines? <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the problem I think that we're we're dealing with is in its infancy, the idea of social media and the way to stand out from a from a commercial perspective, because let's let's look at it like we originally did not join social media umpteen years ago with the intention of pushing commerce. We joined social media with the intention of connecting with others. Yep. That was the that was the original thought process. But as we developed ourselves as entrepreneurs, we thought, well, th we're connecting with others. This would be a great way to connect others with what we're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the problem comes in, in two parts. Number one is that people really don't like being sold to. They love buying, but they don't like being sold to. Uh -huh. Okay. So there's a difference. So now this platform that we're going to, to remember what I said, we want to be informed. We want to be inspired. We want to be entertained. We want to connect. I didn't say we want to be sold to mm -hmm. because we don't. Now, those four things could lead to sales. Absolutely. But if that's your, if that's the forefront of your messaging, I'm going to tune you out mm -hmm. because guess what? There's a lot of people selling right now and I'm tired of seeing it. I am inundated with advertising from the second I wake up to the second I go to sleep. I even noticed that within the last week and a half or two weeks, like I was, I love watching uh, woodworking videos. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign of my age. Maybe it's a sign of, of fatherhood, but watching people like work on wood projects and put together tables is the most relaxing thing to me. Yeah. I mean, if anyway, you didn't build your child's crib with your own bare hands, what are you really doing? Then who this are is, you? You, yeah, you, you lose on. your father card. <laughs> so I noticed within the last two weeks now, Facebook watch the, the YouTube of Facebook is mm -hmm. now putting ads right in the middle of their videos. So that's new within the last two weeks. So I'm seeing ads constantly. That's the point. So because I'm seeing ads constantly and because there's so many people fighting for my attention, I've gotten really good at tuning stuff out. And when I say I, I mean, everyone mm -hmm. has gotten really good at tuning stuff out. We have so much fatigue when it comes to who we follow, what they're posting. Oh, it's another promotional post. It's another sale. How is this informative? How is this inspirational? How is this entertaining? How is this connecting with others? It's not. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to start tuning out. So if you're in a position where you, as you said, where you're fighting for attention, that's a bad place to be. Because mm. if you're fighting for attention, the thought is, well, I just need a bigger microphone. I just need to speak louder. I just need to speak more. I just need to put more content out. But guess what? I got a mute button. So I don't care how big your megaphone is. I'm going to mute you and I am done. Literally on Instagram, it is called the mute button. Right. And that is it. I don't even have to unfollow you. I can just mute you. Okay. So stop fighting for attention. Stop mm -hmm. trying to use your content to fight for attention. Here's what I want you to do instead. Figure out what does my audience need from me? What is it that they need from me that only I can provide? Give them that and you will earn their awareness. Stop fighting for attention. I'd rather you earn awareness. Gosh, that's a good one. Did you have that written down beforehand? Because that is—I well, wrote it down as you were talking on this little. I had to grab a little sticky note because I wasn't going to remember it. I was like, that, <laughs> that needs now. You got it now. That's coming out. That's good. That's going to be a. That is a great one. And if you don't start saying it, I'm going to start saying it. Stop fighting for attention. Start earning awareness. Um, is that what you said? Was it earning? That's not, yeah. Well, because because I that works to to earn something, you have to you have to give something. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't we can't demand attention. We can't demand awareness. Pay attention to me. You know, guess what? If 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 what you do does not matter to me, I don't care how big of an ad or billboard you're putting up. I'm not going to pay attention. High achieving entrepreneurs and public speakers, this is for you. You know that you've got something important to do here, but why in the world are you doing it? And even if you know why, how do you talk about that? 
That's why I'm so excited to invite you into my one-on-one story coaching process. Through this three-month journey, we will go into intensive sessions to uncover your story, turn it into a message that matters, and then create content specific to your context and business today. I have worked with dozens of clients that have experienced major transformation through this experience, and more importantly, have discovered the transformation that they have already gone through in their life. Because when you know how you have transformed, you can communicate that so your audience knows how you can transform them too. Look, 96% of consumers buy based on emotions, and if storytelling is our greatest tool to spark an emotional response, then you better learn to tell your story today. And one-on-one story coaching is the best way to do it. Go to alexstreet.ca to get the conversation started or reach out to me on Instagram at streetsays and say, I'm interested in one-on-one. Let's talk. This is what's so interesting about this whole dynamic, the whole thing, and it is because... Yeah, we're fighting for attention and feel like it's how do we do it? How do we possibly get someone to to be aware, to become aware of what I'm doing? How do I how do I grow that audience and create a larger awareness? And as you were saying that, I was thinking specifically, like, look at Netflix, look at any streaming service and how many shows are on there. And occasionally it'll show me stuff that I'm like, what was this? What is this? Like they have stuff on there that is not high quality stuff. And I may not know that because I only watch, you know, stuff that's on my list and is immediately kind of in my purview. Um, But there's so much on there. And so how does something like squid game show up and all of a sudden gain or earn our awareness without even I mean, I say without even trying, but it was a it was a cultural phenomenon that came Mm-mm. and hit and and earned everyone's eyeballs on it. Uh, whereas there's other stuff out there that has that by all means deserves deserves our view. It's there's phenomenal films out there and, and television being created, but they're not going to get seen because because what did they just tell a better story? Did they get more people involved? Did they spread a better message? You know, when it comes to that sort of stuff, that's what's interesting to me about the image and how we tell a story. And though your image that you create, James, may objectively be better, it may not get seen next to 100%. someone else's. And, and is that just an injustice? Is that the way that this works? Is that what are your thoughts on that? You know, it'd be hard to look at it as an injustice because that makes what we do a zero sum game, Mm. which is like, well, it's out of my control. And if it's out of your control, what's the point of ever doing anything? Right. I don't. And it becomes this uphill battle of, well, I'm always fighting against the algorithm. Okay. Oh, my, my post today got over a hundred likes. Wow. I did well because my post yesterday only got 44. Right. So I feel good about myself. Right. Right. But but the problem is, is that doesn't change my bank account. Mm-hmm. It's not like I win an Instagram award of the day. Congratulations, James. You doubled your engagement in a single day. Mm-hmm. You went from 44 to over 100. We're giving you a gold star. What's the, it doesn't matter. It's a vanity metric that doesn't, that doesn't translate. So, you know, when I think about, attention, I think about, I want my audience to be able to connect with me without anything separating me from them. All right. And on Instagram, on Facebook, on on YouTube, I can't control that. All right. That is outside of my my circle of control. Mm -hmm. My podcast is different, though. Your podcast is different. Mm -hmm. Because as of now, there's no algorithm separating the subscribers of your show from being served your show mm-hmm. as of now. Okay. I mean, that could change. Sure. But same with an email list. As yeah. of now, there is no algorithm separating. If someone signs up for your email list, cause there was enough value to join it. If there's enough value to subscribe to your podcast, if there's enough value to, to opt in for your, for your SMS number, mm-hmm. 
there's nothing separating them from receiving your content. So that's where I spend most of my time focusing is trying to give my audience a reason to engage with me off of a platform that I don't control. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't control it, why, if I don't control, why am I getting so angry about it? Like, why is that such a, such a, a place of, of frustration? Like I, I don't pay for it. I don't even control it. Even when I do pay for it, even when I buy ads, I barely control the ads and, and how those are being served. I mean, it's, it's kind of done through, through so many, so many sh shades of layers. It's, 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 it's interesting, but I'd rather have conversations elsewhere. And then it's more of a, a true uh, democratization where the mm -hmm. best work will, but even then Alex, I'm not the the most creative photographer. I know this. I'm not the most technically skilled photographer. I know this, but I'm willing to work harder to add more value to my audience and to mm -hmm. my clients. And I believe that's why my my work has started to catch on. <sighs> this is good. Okay. I think we're just going to hang out in this today. Uh, maybe we'll have another conversation where we dive into your story, your journey, but I want to keep jamming out on this because I think you're bringing so much value on how we should approach our work uh, today and our work as online business owners, um, our work as creatives and showing up. And again, what I really got from you there is there's a sense of not looking at the finish line because what is a finish line for an artist? You know, what what is a finish line for a creator? Is it to, to get your work hung up? Well, then what? There, there is no, because then there's another thing that hits your mind. There's another idea that shows up. You think that Spielberg just quit after winning Oscars for Schindler's List? Well, no, of course not. He had to keep making things because he keeps feeling these creative energies and vibes and thinks I have a gift I need to share with the world. And so when we're looking at this, like if I only got this, if yeah, if I get to 100 likes, wow, that'll feel great. Well, obviously it doesn't. It's not enough to stop us because we are people who want to keep creating. And I think that as far as this storytelling journey goes, we are constantly creating within our story what we do. And you are saying, I'm trying to create conversations that keep driving people towards better art, better connectivity, a better sense of self better sense of world. And I'm doing that in whatever platform I can best do that in. But with what matters most, and I see this in your work, I see this in how you show up, what matters most for you is its value and its effort. And you're not attaching your effort to the outcome, you're attaching your effort to the value. Mm, that's, that's a good way to put it that I could not have said that better. I think it's so valuable what you're bringing right here and that's it i just know that you're giving everything that you have to this conversation right now and that shows and and that is what's going to play that's what's going to create longevity for your fan base for you for your followers for your clients everybody they're going to come back to you because yeah you're trying to create something in this moment that lasts i came up with this three-part process on how i want to cultivate not just work but life and the first part is vision, like have a vision for where you want to go. All right. So whether that where you want to go in life, where you want to go in business, where you want to go on this project, mm -hmm. what's the vision? Okay. From there with vision, you can have purpose. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have purpose without vision because you're rudderless, right? Vision gives you the direction. Purpose is the, the emotion we pour into the work that we do every day. It's, it's showing up even when we're tired. It's delivering, even though we don't feel our best selves, mm -hmm. because we know someone's counting on it. That's purpose. All right. Mm -hmm. And then the third is legacy, because when you have vision, when you live with purpose or when you create with purpose, you 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 leave behind legacy and legacy can be like I think about the work I create and I don't look back on my work really ever, but others might. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if I create something that tells a strong enough story that could stay long after I stop creating, or even when I'm on to the next project, that image stays out there. That piece of work stays out there. Yeah. Or I look at, you know, is, you know, I'm a new father that's legacy. Okay. So, so as I start to impart life and, mm -hmm. and, and experience onto this child, 
I, I cultivate legacy. And one of the things I'm doing is I started writing this journal before he was born. I started writing it and I'm still continuing it of lessons and experiences that I've had. And I write them in real time mm. into this journal. And the hope is that when he's, when he's old enough, I can give him this book that would then be filled with this, this collection of, of stories and experiences that I don't want to forget to, to impart on him. And he would yeah. have this uh, to take. So, I mean, this is, this is the, the culmination of, of trying to craft a legacy. Yeah. And that, that is how I kind of look at, everything that that we're trying to achieve right here well even in that you're like okay well the reason that you're journaling so you're journaling you're like i'm in this today i'm journaling Be why because before i even picked up the journal i had a vision i had a vision that that i can hand my son a book when he's old enough when i'm dying whatever it is that covered the journey of you know first few years of this experience that i call life that i that i've gone through and and the per so that's the purpose. You're like, here I am writing. This is the middle stage. Here I am writing in my journal today. Why? Be back here because I had a vision and ahead because it's going to leave a legacy far beyond whatever I could say to him. And, and that, again, let's just talk about story. That journal is telling its own story of what you just painted right there. Vision, purpose, legacy is this like three-part story, right? It's it's part act one, act two, act three. Here's the vision. Here's where we're going. Here's the purpose. What's really a, going on here? And and what's this going to require of us? And oh my goodness, all the tension, all the, all the tough moments to get through this, to actually choose to get up and write in this journal today. But why? What's, the, what's this resolution? Well, that's the legacy. And so even in that, in that act, as you say, it seems like it's just a, oh, it's a beautiful thing that I'm doing with myself, but it required this three-part story that now you're actually entering into every day, seeing the end of the story as you write down with pen and paper. That's, that's really cool to, I never looked at it in that, in that own, in my own framework, right. but it fits in so, so beautifully. Thank you. Well, that's, oh my goodness. It's so good. It's, I, this is, how often do you as as a as a creative and uh, again in all these different roles uh, i'm thinking clearly i'm thinking story arc i'm thinking you know three acts five acts whatever the journey i'm thinking hero's journey i'm constantly thinking this when someone is talking this is literally my job they're talking they're telling me their story in one-on-one -on -one coaching and i'm just thinking hmm what's the, okay what's the arc here they're telling me devastating moments in their lives traumatic experiences and i'm mm -hmm. i'm seeing them through this filter of okay i hear the details here but i'm looking past them to what would this look like as a script like that's <laughs> that's where I'm going with it, however insensitive that might be. Um, but I'm fully engaged in doing that. How often, like where does that play in for you? Just this aspect of storytelling for, uh, you know, any, again, you told us about kind of photography, how you're trying to tell a story there. Are you, are you constantly thinking this like I am? Are you sick like me or what? And it, well, I don't, I, I actually don't, if it's a sickness, then, then you and I both need <laughs> need to be admitted because it's there's a beauty in it truly it's like you see something you see the world differently that's what i've realized i'm walking around and i see the world cinematically it's almost you're able to connect dots that people didn't even know were on the same same map yeah okay and that's that's what is i find so so truly amazing about it and helpful and beneficial, which is, yeah. And I have to do this more in my work as a coach, which is when someone is trying to bring their brand to market mm -hmm. and there's a disconnect between who they say they are, what they're providing, who they're providing it for, why most partly why they're doing it. And if those pieces aren't entrenched with one another, it's too easy to be confused as, an, as, as a potential consumer and move on to the next thing that is, has more clarity. Mm -hmm. So helping people find these, these connecting points or how these things work in symphony together as opposed to against each other or unpack. And this is, this is what I see a lot. So many entrepreneurs will, will invest time, money, energy, emotion into something they're doing. They can't even tell you why they're doing it. Yeah. To yeah. be able to actually peel those layers back and be like, oh, we just found your why. Uh -huh. This was your purpose. And I mean, we've had people just, they just fall to tears. 
Yeah. Like I've never, I've never been able to conceptualize it like that. I'm like, but here's the thing. It's like, I didn't write this story. Yeah. You've just been living it. You just had no idea. You were, you just never looked at it from mm. that angle. Preach. This is it. This is, it. <laughs> we are doing this. We're doing such similar work. And, and that's, I hear that so often, right? Is, is, um, you know, I'll repeat someone's story back to them that they just told me we'll do, we'll do a mm-hmm. 90 minutes that we'll do whatever it is. And I'll say, Hey, this is what I just heard. This is how I see it. And they say, my goodness, I like, I love that. That sounded amazing. Can you just come in and speak this out? I was like, like, I get it. I get, I practice in this, but it's not my words. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, can I take that? I was like, of course you can take it. It's your story. It's, it's literally your, your yeah. words that you told me. And I just wrote down here. <laughs> I just articulated it. I just spoke it. So then the the effort becomes inviting more people to speak, to speak their own story, to speak their own journey, to see that whole piece, to to not stop at the purpose, but to go back to the vision, to go back the before the before and start Mm -hmm. articulating that, speaking that in this world. Um, I mean, that... I feel like that's our mission. That that that's my mission, and and I I feel like it sounds like that's what you're doing with these these clients that you're working with as well in in that framework. Um, what magic. I find is so interesting. I'm curious if you run into this too. Is so many people will get started on something, they'll go really deep into maybe it's a project, a business, but they've never actually unpacked why they're doing it, what their intentions are with it, what the purpose is, where they want to take it. They're just in it and they think, well, I love doing this. This is what I'm doing. But they never actually conceptualize why they even started doing it to begin with. Or they may only have a surface answer and they never actually pause to start to peel back those layers to find that that meat in the center of of that 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 inspiration. What's a, what would you say is a red flag for somebody who's in that situation but maybe not know it? Like, what's something that you hear that then you like you ask a question and they respond with blank, which makes you go, "Oh, you haven't you haven't thought of this? Have like you you haven't absorbed? You have you, this isn't coming from your core, is it? You know, like what's that what's that red flag?" It's, it's the, the shift or the chasm between generalism or being a generalist and a specialist. And it's, well, you know, I, I like to serve all would be one, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I want my product to be for everyone mm-hmm. or, you know, I work with all sorts of clients or, you know, yeah, I do a whole bunch of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they like rifle off, you know, a, an encyclopedia's worth of services that yeah. they can do. And it's like, well, what are you known for? Well, you know, I don't know, you know? And so it's like, there's that inspecificity and, yeah. and I'll, I'll give you an example because as a, even though I was a photographer, I ran into this problem myself early in my career where I shot everything. And when someone says, well, what sort of photographer are you? I'm like, I, you know, I, I do portraits. I do corporate work. I do fashion. I do uh, uh, events. I do uh, family photos. I do product photography. I do architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want, I'm going to shoot it. But here's the problem is how do you, how do you tell that to someone else? Oh, James, he's a photographer. What do you shoot? Uh, You know, everything, I guess, Mm -hmm. but I'm not known for anything. It doesn't, there's no, nothing sticky there and there's no real intention behind what I'm creating. I'm only creating because there's another paycheck around the corner. I'm too afraid to say no to work. But here's the problem. When times got real bad back in 2008, I lost most of my clients. Either they went out of business or they got a lot more strategic about their hiring. And why would you hire a generalist when you can hire a specialist for the same price? If you're doing a fashion campaign, why hire the guy that could maybe do it instead for the same price, hire the guy that can absolutely do it because this is what he specializes in. That's where my business started to really take a decline. It was only at that point that I said, well, what is the work I want to create as a a photographer? Mm -hmm. Who are the clients for that work? How can I be the best in this ecosystem? What do I need to have in my book to show these clients? And it was making that decision and saying, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why what I do matters. That's when the work started to take off. And that's, that's, this became the specialist as a fitness photographer specifically, like is that, that's, you leaned into I mean, there wasn't even, yeah, there wasn't even fitness photography. I used to call it sports portraiture and that molded into fitness photography. Yeah. Uh, You know, and 
the shots were the same, the nomenclature is what changed because, right. you know, fitness or the fitness industry became uh, that entered into the zeitgeist. Uh, that became the thing that, that I could call it. I didn't really, there wasn't a good name for it at a start. I just, I, I did sports portraiture. Yeah. Um, but I found all the clients that would hire it, all the ad agencies that would hire, all the magazines that would publish it. I made a book of work and I shopped it to all those people and said, this is what I do. This is what I want to be known for. And that is when it started to gain traction. Uh, okay, well, let, let's let's kind of wrap up the, the conversation here a little bit with that idea. What do you want to be known for? Generalist and specialist. I think this will be something that that when we talk about no boring stories, I think this is this is probably the root of the issue. Why is a why is a story boring? Because it's too general. There's too many mm -hmm. details all covering all kinds of things when really we're afraid to get down really specific and zone in on one specific moment story. Some of the best movies out there focus on like a, an actual hour long time span, right? Like a short time span where you're like, wow, let's tell the story of all these people in this moment rather than a really long drawn out thing. You think about generalist and specialist and and what do you want to be known for? How can someone start to how can someone call themselves a specialist? Do you know what I mean? Like I mean if you've never done this before or if you're just sort of going I think so much of this is fear of leaning into that and saying yeah, okay, sure, this is what I do, but I'm no expert at it. I'm not an expert fitness sports portraiture photographer. I really am just kind of, I kind of do everything and they're afraid to lean into that. Is that all it is? It's just getting over the fear of it and saying, pick something and go with it. Or is there more to it? It's a chicken or egg thing yeah. because we want to do certain types of work and we want to get hired for certain types of work, but no one's going to hire us for work that we can't show that we can do. But how do we show what we can do if no one's giving us the opportunity to do it, right? Yes. And so you just kind of get stuck in, well, I guess I'll just wait. All right. Well, that opportunity is not going to come. I remember when I worked in marketing, we were trying to get projects with this one client and the client said, well, we don't want to give you work because you don't have enough experience with our company. Well, how do we get any experience with your company if you don't get uh -huh. this work? Uh -huh. Right. So, so it became this, this never ending cycle, but as entrepreneurs, we can control that a little bit more. So no one was going to hire me for sports portraiture, fitness photography when I said, this is what I want to do. Why? Because I had nothing to show that I did it. Right. All right. So what did I say? I went out and I made a book of work. I just went out and shot the work I wanted to shoot. I showed clients, this is what I want to do. If all that was in my portfolio, like I once, I worked as a photo editor and I'd have someone come to me at the portfolio. Let's just say it was all fashion. And they said, I want to be hired for dramatic portraits. Nope. Not happening. Yeah. Why? I'm real. I could do it really well. Then show me you can do it really well. Yeah. Because all I'm seeing is fashion in here. So I created the book of work that I wanted to be hired for. It's like you know that that you know, mm. idiom. You know, don't dress for the job you have. Dress for the job you want. Same same with the work that you're doing. You know, I had no experience shooting fitness work. I had to go make it. I had to go create it and cultivate it. And that's how I was able to make a book of work. And that's how I was able to take that book and get one client. Mm -hmm. to the next mm -hmm. client and the next and next so on same same with public speaking i wanted to do a lot of public speaking but i did not have any experience presenting anywhere so why would anyone hire me to speak at their conference right so i didn't just join a toastmaster i actually founded a toastmasters club and i got lots of lots of experience speaking in this toastmasters club then i would do all their toastmasters competitions which got me in front of people who might want me to speak at their club which got me in front of people who might need a speaker to speak at some small yep. event which yep. led to a medium-sized event which led to me speaking coast coast united states stop waiting for opportunities to come to you and just create something to show this is what I can do. Mike freaking drop. That we're just so scared of it. Mm -hmm. I think. Where and and so lean into that just just right here because you that is a powerful message that is a powerful story. We just heard so much of your actual story. Look, I am who I am today. Why? Because I chose to. Because I chose to lean into it. Any given one of those moments, any given you know role that you're playing, it's because at some point I chose to open a, found a Toastmasters club. I chose to create a book of work. I chose to to do this so that I could again because of your vision, I think. And so, why why aren't we all doing that? 
Why, what are we scared of? There's, I think there's two things. The first is that we have a, a incorrect view of confidence and fear because it's like, if only, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I've heard Alex's story a lot. And, you know, he's, he's been able to overcome and achieve so much. He must be so confident. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I've shared over the last 45 minutes has been when things worked out. James must have a lot of confidence because things worked out for him. And look how well it worked out. Guess what? I'm as scared today as I was when I started my business 20 years ago. I'm terrified all the time. What if this doesn't work out? What if this fails? I'm ter- all the time. I'm terrified. There is no confidence. Confidence is hindsight only. Mm. You do not have confidence before you create something. I am terrified. What if this doesn't work? I still get nervous going into big projects like photo projects. I've been dreaming for 20 years, but I still get nervous. Oh gosh, I hope I get this right. What if, because, you know, trying to capture it, you get a fraction of a second. I mean, that's a photo, a fraction of a second. If you don't get it, maybe the light doesn't fire. Maybe you're a mm-hmm. split second too early or too late. You don't get the shot. And that, that there's that pressure there, but I, I thrive off that pressure. But that's the thing is we look at fear and confidence. We're like, well, I don't have the confidence. so I can't do it. Guess what? We are scared out of our minds, but we have the gift to know that even though we're scared, it's going to be okay at the end, that <sighs> it's going to be okay at the end that this might not work, but you know, I can still check my pulse yeah. and there it goes. And the other thing is that. I don't want listeners of the show to hear this and think, wow, he, he really hit a lot of home runs in this. All we've talked about are the things that worked out in this. There are countless, countless stories that did not work out. I've lost lots of money on launches. I've, I've tried to do things and fell flat on my face. I've embarrassed myself and it has hurt and it's hurt a lot. There have been losses that broke me down. But yet I'm still here mm-hmm. and I'm still launching and I'm still creating because if everything you do is a, you know, if every launch you have, if every post that you do, if everything that you create is a life or death game, you're going to die a lot more than you'll ever lose. But here's the difference. Most of those failures or losses or, or, or missteps or things where we just miss the boat completely. I don't remember most of them. I remember the ones that left a, an imprint enough to learn from, mm-hmm. but most of them, I don't really remember why I'm not focused on it. Don't mean mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't shape me. I get shaped by the things I learned from a, and then also by the things that worked out B. All right. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that shape me. Not all the missteps that didn't amount to anything. I've already forgotten them. And that right there is what I want people to remember is that number one, confidence is not true. It is a lie. Don't, don't wait till you have confidence because you'll wait forever. And then number two, not everything's going to work. And that's also okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to go through things that suck. You will get through it. And quite frankly, that's what makes for an interesting story. Because mm-hmm. you're right. Sure. We could sit here and people could go like, oh, James, wow, what a great character. Like, what a, what a great guy. Thanks so much for all your info. But what you just did right there is create uh, an element to who you are the reality of who you are, James, um, which is a flawed, a flawed character. 100%. And as, as soon as we introduce, look at any, again, any film, any book that you really love, you can love the character, you fall in love with them. When, when you see their flaws, you see their failures, you see the moments when they struggle, when, they, especially if they put themselves into that struggle, you go, oh, okay, good. Like, they're just like me. I wonder how they're going to come out of this. I wonder how, and I wonder if, Maybe when I struggled, I could, I could do the same thing. And that, that flawed approach is probably a really good summary of everything that we just talked about here. Whether it's the journal or it's the Instagram posts or it's the shadows and highlights or it's the, um, the, the, the creating your own journey here and, and choosing what you want to be known for. I think in all of it, really, this comes down to, are you, are you trying? Like, just give it a shot. Just just get out there and try it because, yes, you are flawed. So, of course, it's not going to work the first time, but you're going to you're going to try all of these different methods and you might miss a day of journaling, James. Believe it or not, you might actually not capture all the moments and all the wisdom of these years for your son going forward. (laughs) I hate to tell you. But in that, 
is where actually the story and the humanity comes. And that's what we relate to most. I think I see so many people trying to feign perfectionism through their outward appearance and trying to show this pristine example of the life that they live while inside that might be tearing themselves apart. And what I, and I think what you and I are saying is no, put light on that too, because that's Mm -hmm. also that, Hey, uh, like how many podcasts have you done uh, of, of your own? Yeah, this is, we're going to be somewhere around 30. I did a hundred of another episode of Mm -hmm. another show. Yeah. I don't know. Let's say 200. But when you started, maybe a little scratchy, right? Quite. Maybe a little rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what? Me too. Mm -hmm. My first podcast sucked. I remember some of our first live interviews. We couldn't get the microphones to work. We still released the episodes. They were terrible, Mm -hmm. awful. Guess what though? Still recording podcasts, doing way better. My first blog article sucked. My first photographs sucked. They sucked. They were crap. I had to get through a lot of really bad photos. Like, I mean, just look at one photo shoot. I was doing a cover shoot recently, and we fired off maybe, I don't know, 800 frames. Only one of those photos makes it on a cover, yeah. one of 800. So if you look at a success-failure ratio, 799 of those photos were failures. Failures. They didn't make the cover. Only one did. But guess what? Only, the only thing that mattered was the one. Yeah. James, this has been... Uh... This has been fabulous because we have talked about, just as we started, the highlights of it all and also have, uh, this has been a a masterclass in shining light on parts and also recognizing uh, that we're paying just as much attention to the shadows here and and it all matters. The contrast of it all um, really is what brings us all together and I am so grateful for you, for your friendship, for your mentorship to so many people and and the collaboration that we've we've been able to have together and uh i'm just so grateful for what you brought to me and my audience today and how to specifically tell better stories in all aspects of life and uh there's been a lot of a lot of value today thank you that feeling is is so extraordinarily mutual and don't don't you uh, don't you forget that I, I caught that full circle plug that you just did with the, with the light and the shadow. That was, that was clever AF, <laughs> sir. I, I, I literally saw, I was like, Whoa, he just brought back something from an hour ago. I was not expecting that. I, <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you, sir. That, that if I could take my hat off under these headphones, I would take my hat off for you. That was, that was well, so well done. Excellent. A sign of a true I host. love it. Fabulous. Uh, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Clever AF. I love that. Thanks, James. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.